This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! doesn't it? Hello, Andrew. Hello. Well, first of all, before we do all the small talk, some minute talk, just say thank you for agreeing to do this, because despite victory, a bit tough to get one of the enthusiastic contributors on. It seems to be a weekend of poorly children, children celebrating birthdays and just, you know, feeling tired after the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, well, that's that, that's clearly a massive, a massive factor on us all, the, uh, <laughs> the, latter, the latter one. But I, I guess we're all, I guess we're all slightly confused as to how we should react to a victory. It's, it's been, it's been a little while. And how we react to a comfortable victory? Well, it's been a, been a longer while. Oh, the most comfortable of victories. But luckily, the England-India test match sort of gave me some of that peril today, just to remind me that sport can be quite stressful from time to time. No, that, that was pretty dramatic. I think the West Indies were good value, and I like Daniel Medvedev, so I'm a little sad. But I appreciate the tennis is lower down everyone else's priorities. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we've ever mentioned tennis on the pod, so thank you for bringing another sport to the equation. My pleasure, my pleasure. (laughs) Plenty to talk about in this episode. We are going to focus mostly on the game against Bradford City, but I think given the amount of hours and time we've dedicated into the -the off-the-pitch stuff, I think it's probably best that we start on protest watch. There was an 
early morning anti-Clenmore banner photographed outside the county ground on Saturday morning. It didn't grow into anything beyond that on this occasion. Uh, the crowd was actually up 182 town fans from the Colchester game. Reports of extremely isolated pockets of discontent. Atmosphere generally pre-game and prior to the goal wasn't toxic or hostile in any way at all. Not from where I was sat. No, no. Like I'd, I'd say, I'd say like, likewise either. Um, I think, I think in in sort of our sort of where the press boxes and the John Trollope bit. Um, again, you didn't re- you didn't really sort of hear any kind of. Uh, disgruntlement really I'd say. The only reports I heard were from literal individuals on the town end forum so they were there but no, no groundswell I suppose. Is yeah. sorry. There were some sack the board <laughs> chants just not from Swindon fans. Yeah no there was, uh, that rang out pretty clear from the Bradford fans in the second half. I think it was almost like a sweepstake who was going to go first wasn't it and it was probably the team that fell behind and um, Brad, I think Bradford managed to produce the, the quality performance to, to thoroughly earn those. Andrew, it still feels that we're at the stage where online noise isn't reflective of those attending. It was a great day for the pro Clemorfuni element of the fan base and people who are just generally positive, judging by comments online, certainly sent my way. I think some still think discontent is about form and not about the operational issues that I believe there are. Ultimately... A visit from Bradford City, this Bradford City, came at a very good time. Yes, yes, it, it did. I think I think you're I think you're kind of right about that. It's it's very easy to get into a a bit of a sort of internet bubble about quite how intense everyone feels about everything. Um coming out of the ground I saw uh Clemore Fooney exchanging a couple of high fives with fans. So not everyone is um not everyone is is clearly desiring to sort of run him out of town at the the first opportunity available and yeah I, th- I think the I think the point you make about the form rather than the more kind of fundamental structure of the the club is it's probably accurate there are a fair few people who think it's more a Mike Flynn problem than a than a Clem Morfuni problem though I, I suppose I should ma- I should make the the one the one point before we, we start picking into the game um, just as a small example you look at uh, Redmond Evans playing for the youth team uh, the goalkeeper in the morning, and then coming and sitting on the bench in this afternoon. Now, let, let's just construct a scenario where uh, the hefty beasts of Bradford have a corner early on, and they whack Jack Bycroft in the ribs by accident, and you know he has to he has to go off early or something like that. Um, you know you're you're taking you're taking a risk that you probably shouldn't take at that point due to the the general way you've not really gone about recruiting a, another goalkeeper. So um, it didn't have an impact on the pitch and it, it was a very comfortable win, as we said. But um, I suppose those are the, those are perhaps sort of some of the borderline things where where you can... Um, perhaps you should look at that and, and judge, if you see what I mean. Absolutely do, yeah. I respect it. I don't agree with a lot of the things that have been sent my way, but if they've spent weeks, months listening to me, talk about off-the-pitch stuff and don't agree, then these moments are quite satisfying. But as we'll discuss later, you know, it's it's still one game, one performance, but still a very good weekend. Ab- yeah, ab- absolutely. It's um it's nice to enjoy football. Whatever whatever else happens, it's nice it's nice to enjoy football. And you could enjoy football from a Swindon perspective for once. Yes you could. Yes you could and I certainly did. I was there and and really, really enjoyed 
large pockets of this game, there was a change. Well, it was kind of like a new class, wasn't it, this this lineup? And it was a change of formation. We had Jack Bycroft making his debut at home in goal. We had Connor McCarthy making his debut uh, in the middle there with Fraser Blake Tracy, Williams Kokolo and Godwin Udoka. Godwin Malife as right and left back. Just ahead, you had Dawson Devoy and Saidu Khan. Jake Kane in a more attacking role, kind of in the Kemp role with a front three of Austin in the middle and to the side of him, Pau Glatzel and Rashan Hepburn Murphy returning for a rare starting appearance. Um, there would also be appearances for Pharrell Johnson, a debut. George McKechnie and Anton Dwarzak, Tyree Shade and Ricky Aguilar would play during this game. One absentee from the lineup that we weren't necessarily expecting, but it's not really a major surprise, was Tom Bruitt. Post-match, Gavin Gunning was a bit vague on Bruitt, but it sounds like he's going to be all right next week, maybe. Um, I think so, hopefully. I think this sort of tendonitis issue he's got seems to have flared up again, though. I I think I did have to suggest it to him, and then I then I got I got the kind of visual OK sign. I had to point out that it's radio. You need to You need to sort of say... Say say things. So, although to be fair, he did say a lot of things at different other times. So so you know, um, they're they're, they're going to be a cultural experience. Those, but I guess we'll come on to that later. <laughs> I, I guess there was a bit of me when I was listening to it on Saturday evening that made me think he was being so vague. And with a few days left at the transfer window, I was thinking, is he off? Maybe, but it sounds injury, doesn't it? But there there are going to be a few twists and turns, I'm sure, before the first affair. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would think that is that is sort of, sort of guaranteed. It doesn't sound like outgoings are necessarily uh, finished, and um, it certainly doesn't sound like incoming should be finished. So, so, t- so, uh, touch wood, everyone can get the moves they need. A lovely reference, and of of, of <laughs> which Gunning went down that road yesterday as well. Oh yes, he did, didn't he? No, that that was that was entirely unconscious. It's clearly Gavin Gunning is having an an impact already on my unconscious soul, and that, that's not taking very long. I just want to have a a little moment for Bradford City just to highlight or just discuss, sadly for them, how really, really bad they were. One of the major talking points in the ground and certainly on social media was how big their team were, but not necessarily big in in a good way. I mean, my reference, which I will hilariously relay again, a few of them, looked like they'd been transported from the year 1997-98. They were pure nationwide division. Maybe even Ensley League division sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that that, that sounds right. Um I think um I think Bradford were pretty bad to to put it um politely. So um obviously we sort of sit next to our our BBC um away equivalents and occasionally occasionally sort of when the summarizer is speaking because they were quite loud you could sort of hear bits of it come through the ether and the one the one single tonal uh thing I'd use there was dismay I think they I think they were dismayed by how bra- how bad Bradford were let alone let alone us really but um what what words could you rack up um sluggish immobile um you know they were there are a lot of um, big units trying to wheel themselves around the pitch, not very effectively, and then they just completely tore it up at half time and tried to play a bit of football. After that, having uh, you know, how 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 bad do you have to be to fail to play a long ball game when all you've got to do is hit the thing long? And they weren't really managing to do to do that to you know one of the the biggest and 
and last and last season most effective strikers in the division. They they couldn't sort of clamber over that low bar in the first half. So um, I think Bradford were bad. Yes, uh, there were early moments of the game where Brad Halliday showed us that he had no pace, and they were relying his they were relying on his pace to, to bomb forward. And one. I think moment of success, and I was like, "My goodness, if we if we lose out to this guy, <laughs> then it's not going to look good at all." Um, I did like Alex. Um, is it Gilead or Gilead? I thought he was yes, right. yeah, no, no, no. I, I tend I tend to think he looks one of their more sort of effective players when we when we come up against Bradford periodically because he's he's been there um he's been there a little while, but clearly he just doesn't have great luck in choosing kind of clubs on his CV because I think he was at Scunthorpe before that. So maybe he's just got an instinct for finding, uh, for being a, a good player, a, a club on a downward a downward spiral. There were appearances for alumni, Liam Reidholsch and Tyler Smith, both hauled off at halftime and Jake Young came on, looked enthusiastic and then faded away. The, the bit I want to dwell on here is the inevitable young rumour mill churn that will emerge now, but given the sort of fees that I'm, I've am i been told that Bradford were looking for before he played in this game, I don't think there'll be a dramatic return anytime soon. No, it, 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 it does it does seem unlikely. Yeah, I think I think Bradford have certainly had offers, but they've certainly not had offers to their to their satisfaction from clubs who we would we would guess have uh, more cash to throw about, like the mighty Carlisle these days than uh, uh, than Swindon. So the prospect of Swindon buying him is seems unlikely but but of course by by coming on um he's effectively sort of nailed himself down to Swindon Swindon or Bradford this season unless somehow Bradford were able to sell him to someone else and then immediately loan him back for the rest of the season but I don't, I but I don't think he's the sort of player you buy in January for next season because it's like he's on his he's on his hot streak now you want to make use of that that now so that that would seem a, a very unlikely third third way so um I think he's going to have to do his best for whoever the the current and possibly future Bradford manager proves to be. I think so. And I think there was a bit of politicking here by Graham Alexander. One, he seemed desperate to convince Bradford fans that he was injured, Jake Young. So Mm -hmm. there he is. And also maybe to save his job or Bradford's season because... They, they, like you said, they were so immobile. Someone like Jake Young should be able to be one of the top players in that in that squad. But yeah, well, he's theirs now if he's not Swindon's. Yeah, no, they. they well, well, this is this is the thing. Is this is the sort of strange thing? Because the the one the one thing you probably say about Jake Young from what we saw of him is for all the from all the qualities he's got, he's not particularly sort of a a target man you can thump the ball up to like like Andy Cook is. So it's. It suddenly do you completely change your style if you're Bradford to accommodate Jake Young from what you've what you've been trying to do and, and what Graham Alexander's had a reasonable amount of success with, I think, is being sort of on the more on the more direct side. So um they are they are in a they are in a, a dreadful a dreadful quandary, but I'm I'm guessing we're still being nicer about him than the, than your equivalent Bradford City podcast, or nicer about the team anyway. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before, but hey, I love it, okay, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home, but no more. 
NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's well hit, brilliantly hit. Jake Young, two minutes after half time and two minutes after coming on, his first Swindon goal, and it was a rocket on loan from Bradford and a goal on his home debut. Brilliantly finished, lovely build up play, and how about that? So we've got the protests out of the way. We've got Bradford City being rubbish out of the way. Let's talk about Swindon Town then. So I, I really liked Gavin Gunning's quotes post-game with yourself because he sort of downplayed this one very much. It's a start. We were fine. Um, it's tough to play against this sort of opposition. But the one thing I want to start with in terms of what we saw is this game, this performance wasn't the same style as Gunning and Mildenhall and what they unleashed last season. It was plenty more structure much more methodical and and its simplicity was very effective yeah no it, it wasn't quite this sort of um avant-garde stuff was it no you had your your formation seemed seems pretty rigid your four defenders three midfielders and and sort of quite significant there i thought they really kept the sort of three forwards in a line in a line up front though sometimes austin would be a little bit behind them but you know the, there were sort of three forwards up there and that kind of Stopped, stopped Bradford getting forward down in the sort of wide areas, which I think, which I think helped. But, but yeah, it was um, it as you say, it looked it looked sort of clearly structured. And I think one thing Gavin Gunning's done in, in sort of quite a few of his interviews, whether it's with us or or elsewhere, is he has talked about that sort of simplicity of message. So it, and you're right, it didn't seem it didn't seem sort of overcomplicated. It's like um, this is how we're going to play. This is what we're going to do. Go, go and do it. And if it goes wrong, you know, blame me because I've. This is what I've told you to do. So, so it, you know, the the, the kind of structure worked. It clearly sort of um, snuffed out whatever threat Bradford were trying to do, and it allowed us to sort of start with a bit of energy and a bit of tempo and and create some some chances and have some good moments. Yeah, and I think it was one of those games where Swindon didn't need to go beyond the intensity that they played. And I don't want that to be misconstrued as negative because there's, there's a wonderful quote from yourself during during your <laughs> during your conversation with Gav Gunning post-game where he asked you how you felt the defence was and you said, hey, we're all right. And I, I think that generally is how I felt about the performance. It was it was a good performance. It was all right. 
it, but it, it wasn't outstanding, but it didn't need to be. But it was so, so comfortable. I don't want to get overexcited, I think. You know, I, I want to see how this side, this tactic, these tactics go against one of the bigger hitters. Because if we are to climb the table like people think we will now, then we're going to have to really put on a show against some of the better sides, which Bradford clearly weren't. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't distract, I wouldn't kind of detract too much from, you know, how well, how well they defended because they did defend pretty well, and certainly that that level of energy they put into the first twenty five minutes, half hour, um, I, I certainly don't think we've seen that for a while. So you you look at that and you look at the the fact as we said they sort of played to, uh, they kind of played with that that structure and the the structure worked well and it gave Bradford problems. So you look at all those things and it and it's positive. But yes, it, it's one game and it is quite difficult to judge because the, they were they were sort of able to kind of. Um, work their way through the the second half without actually having to to do do too much although again again defensively what they did they generally did pretty well yeah on on the new back line both Connor McCarthy and Fraser Blake Tracy looked very comfortable alongside each other in the middle really refreshing uh, pairing to see after the last few months there are various reasons for that all promising but given the performance of Bradford again we need to see them crack on against other teams and, and and better forward lines. And I appreciate Andy Cook scores a lot of goals, but my goodness, he, he looked completely different player than what we saw last season. It's a really positive start, isn't it, from that from that back four? Yeah, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And especially the the two central defenders. And sometimes, you know, sometimes is it uh, better to be a, a lucky manager than a than a good manager? I'm not saying Gavin Gunning was lucky yesterday, but you know, you finally got the six foot three centre half that everyone's been asking for since since August. Um, whether you blame Mike Flynn for one never arriving or why Ryan Edwards didn't arrive, who who will possibly ever ever know? And to get sort of Blake Tracy back fit for the first start, so so you know that's let's say that's um that's your manager's good luck, and then but then you've sort of made you've made good use of it. You've got a you've got a a sort of good kind of partnership. It seems and a sort of understanding between them. You've got one with the right foot and one with the the left foot. I think I think Barnsley like still like McCarthy. It's just it's just trying to get him get him games after his bad injury, I think. So um so you know, ideally, um touch, sorry, I won't go back to Touchwood again unconsciously. As long as <laughs> as long as he can stay as long as he can stay fit, um, which is a caveat for all of them, then then hopefully you've got a centre half is a little bit better than the level we're at and that's um what a lovely thing to have. When, when was the last time we said that? Not for a little while. Uh, uh, Gavin Gunning described it as a proper elite League Two centre-half partnership performance, which is quite the statement, and it's hard to disagree. I mean, it was just, there was no peril. It was so good. Yeah, no, they, they sort of wrap, they wrapped up Cook pretty well. They mostly kept Tyler Smith quiet. Jake Young might have wriggled away once or twice. You know, they occasionally, occasionally in the second half try a little bit, some one-two around the edge of the area, but normally one of the two centre backs or a midfielder wrap that up. So, so yes, low, low peril is a is a is a very good and very unusual description for this season. Indeed, indeed. And then then we had the new attack. Rashawn Hepburn Murphy's been away for so long. I think that was only his fourth league start all season. Paul Glatzel, we'll, we'll talk about a fair bit in this episode. He he looks brilliant. And it was just so good to see Charlie Austin to be able to play and be more like Charlie Austin in this formation. 
yeah, you you didn't have the the sort of Charlie Austin firefighter role almost, where he's kind of running around trying to put buckets of sand on the the midfield when it when it's leaking, or having to come back and and def- and defend all the time. He sort of seemed to be able to roam um, in a more sort of attacking attacking place. Sometimes sometimes let's say be a little bit sort of um, below where Glatzel and Hepburn Murphy, if you like, but but never sort of too far away. So um, you know, I think they I think they got more. I think they got more out of him than than we've seen in recent weeks. Hepburn Murphy's pace is always going to um, scare defenders, and you put Hepburn Murphy up against the the not so speedy Brad Halliday, as described, and then it's like once, once Halliday's gone forward, um, he's not getting back, and so you know, um, space space hopefully equals chaos as far as Swindon are concerned. Hepburn Murphy hasn't played much football at all recently, so it was inevitable that he wasn't going to last the the whole ninety. But if he just keeps going at this at this level he's going to be great fun come late february march time yeah fingers crossed i think i think we were sort of hoping that i was really hoping that this was going to be his sort of you know last season he sort of worked his way back from fitness he was looking really sharp in the the pre-season he got his sort of goal goal early on right at the start i think in the sorry i should have looked this up i think in the league cup game wasn't it um you know, against but, Peterborough on the ocean. yes yeah yeah exactly and and I, I really I really was sort of thinking you know perhaps this can be a season where you know he might get 15 to 20 goals and and use that pace and terrorize people it hasn't it hasn't quite turned out like that but when he when when he's fit and you know there are there are other sort of frustrating moments with decision making on the rest of it there's you know there is a I'm sure there's a defender a striker there that league two defenders look at and think oh Right, I'm gonna to have to deal with him today, am I? It's like if he gets if he gets past me, I know he's gone, and and all the you know all the sort of impact that has on them. Oh, there's still time for him to be a menace. Touch word. No, I've done <laughs> it again. Stop me. Stop me now. You're just trying to get this episode called Touch Word instead of they did all right. <laughs> Either will do. Either will do. <laughs> so, in terms of the first half, like the first fifteen twenty minutes, certainly before the goal. It, it was fine. It was Swindon were on top. We were the better team without needing to do a great deal. And then just before the 17th minute, Paul Glatzel gets goal side of Kieran Kelly, bundling him over. Charlie Austin steps up. Sam Walker guesses right, but you're not saving that. And it's 1-0. And just the mood in the ground. There was never, like I said earlier, there was never a toxic mood. There was maybe this feeling of cautiousness actually existed for, for, for most of the game until about the 93rd, 94th minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're all a bit battle-scarred at this point. Yeah, it, it did relax on that goal, didn't it, a little bit? Yeah, you, you, def- you definitely felt that. I think I think you said the, the sort of intensity of the performance immediately kind of got the crowd on side. It felt like, you know, I think in the first... You know, even in sort of the first couple of minutes before the goal, you see Devoy hit a couple of dangerous passes and 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 things like that, and he he sort of certainly picked up from what we saw against his crew. But it, it kind of looks like a penalty. Kelly, it's it's a nice little move. Um, Glatzel sort of, as you say, Kelly sort of stuck the the wrong side of him. Glatzel's bearing down on goal. It's like a big a big sort of unkempt human spider. It's a pretty clear penalty, and then the and then the spot kick is is excellent because. Austin sort of tends tend to go on the goalkeeper's right with his penalties, but it's just sort of really sweetly struck, isn't it? And then, and then, as you say, everyone's everyone's got something to to hold on to in the in the crowd in in the sort of football sense. You know, we're one nil up. We've got the better. We're clearly the better side at, at this point. So you know, uh, and that that kind of becomes everyone's or you know people's focus more than the the off pitch stuff. Charlie Austin's now three and three, and. 
I don't really care that they're penalties to them either because when Kemp and Young left, you, you, you're looking around and wondering where on earth the goals are coming from and it's just really good to see Austin step up. It's comforting to have a, someone who looks a pretty reliable penalty. But but yeah, I think we've all been desperate to sort of see him show shows kind of echoes of the, the goal scoring that has... Um, you know, defi- defined his career really, and the, the crew goal was a bit like that. It's just um, a bit poor defending from crew, one turn bang. So, hopefully, his confidence is a high, and if he's deployed a bit more, as we as we saw on um, saw saw on Saturday, um, you know, where he is is having sort of more impact, or he's playing more more centrally, then then perhaps uh, perhaps that can continue, and he can uh, he can have a, a renaissance as the, the season runs out. I feel that we don't give. Charlie Austin enough credit I think I have an expectancy of Charlie Austin where like his job is to be good <laughs> you know I don't yeah I, I don't really expect him to be anything other at this level it hasn't happened as much as maybe I would have liked but this weekend was a game where Charlie arguably had one of his best performances for Swindon in his second spell which given where we've been in the last few months where it's easier for him to just you know, throw his shirt on the floor and walk off. It's really reassuring. I think. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. There's just um, there's just a few echoes. Well, I mean, when we come on to the the second goal, his role in that is it's you know delight delightful really. So um, occasionally we've sort of seen touches touches like that and and those sort of inter- intelligent moments of of play from him. But um, yeah, and and Austin, you know, if if he, if he is sort of you know, so sailing into into dock, as it were, and this this turns out to be his last season. You wanted to uh, to go out on a positive note, even if uh, even if you know the the idea of a sort of fairy tale promotion looks um, still a, a long way away. Yeah, there was only one chance before the second goal, but and it and it fell to Bradford. And frankly, they they should have done much much better. I think it was Gilead again. Crosses for Andy Cook, who had a free header. The cross is near perfect in terms of height and pace, and he just plants it right in the arms of Bycroft and and it's a huge moment in the game and a massive let, let off. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels like you say the, the cross is put right there for him. It's actually got a decent amount of power on it as well. But, you know, straight, as you say, straight into into Bycroft. Just, that's, that was one of the few sort of bad moments Khan had really because I think he's, he's sort of um, back doing doing defending and he, you know, he did, um, he did a lot of sort of um, defensive work. Another, I was going to say another player picked out by Gavin Gunning afterwards, but he did make a point of literally picking out every player. So um. <laughs> he interrupted you to say <laughs> to reference Tyree Shade. Um. Yeah, no, that that was personally one of my favourite moments. It's like <laughs> it's like I've mentioned them all. Oh, yeah, Tyrese, he did that. He did some good stuff. Um, but yeah, that that was the that was that was the sort of rare moment where where Bradford might have. You know, tried to redefine the game a bit. It would have been a bit un. It would have been an injustice on the, the balance of what we've seen so far. But but yet yeah, they they won the clear opportunity of that half. Absolutely, but it was two 0 at half time. Thank you very much. And town cleared. And as you as you implied, Charlie Austin's been doing these sort of through balls all season long. His his touch and and pass to Pal Glatzel was perfect. Glatzel was able to wriggle away from his nearby defenders and. Fair play to Devoy, who ran lengths to get to the box and to have the easiest effort that that he'll ever have. And I think that's his first EFL goal since moving 
from the Irish League. So congratulations to him. I, I didn't think Devoy was too brilliant. He got man of the match from the sponsors. And I think up until the goal, he was okay. The game sort of passed him by. He had glimpses and he's showing the glimpses and, you know, he's not been playing a lot of football. So it's it's more than understandable. Those are the sort of moments you need when players are having those sort of performances to really get them going because he did improve as the game continued. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that um, it, it's really good that there were there was someone there was someone with kind of the, the thinking and the vision in the in the midfield now, Dan Kemp has gone suddenly see that there might be a chance on here and to absolutely belt forward once um once he could sort of see what was happening early on. But yeah, the the ball from Austin, who's sort of just inside his is kind of a few yards inside his own half, he's on the right, he's on the right touchline. Glatzel's done really well to sort of time his run so he's not quite offside and he's you know just about inside his own half anyway. Austin puts it for him into space and then the uh, the Gladford or the Bradford oil tankers are not moving at any speed at that point. So so Glatzel gets uh, you know can get away from them. And I would even though it was sort of so obvious Devoy was there, you always have the fear with the striker. It's like this is quite a good shooting opportunity for me. I'm a striker, therefore I should shoot. But um he was you know he was aware of what was happening and Devoy pops up and not not his first goal since moving to England, but you're quite correct saying first league goal. So um and a, a lovely straightforward one. And I think as far as most of us were concerned, that gave the score line of the at the end of first half a, a pretty appropriate look. Why do football statistics not include cup games in their overall stats and they always dwell on league? Um I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that that's a that's a, a good question. Um <laughs> I mean I was gonna say how much do you count scoring past Taunton in the FA Cup, but apparent but he scored past Jack Bycroft in the FA Cup, so when he was there. So 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 that, I'm sure that counts on the training ground, even if we're we're paying um paying less attention on it in the uh in the stats, but no, I, I don't know. I suppose, I suppose, if I'm going to try and be logical about it, um, I guess everyone plays the same number of league games, so you sort of maybe that's the the most even method of comparison, or, or maybe, or maybe everyone just doesn't care about cup competitions anymore unless they're from me. Well, it's, it's, I, I, I just think it's historical. Maybe you know they don't include FA Cup, League Cup. So when you look at say, if, if you look at any football statistic website they tend to your career is your league games which mm. you know there are there are Swindon players of yesteryear I mean <laughs> Mo Dabre played a lot of football it just wasn't in the league you know <laughs> yes. at all you know he's got zero in his stats but he played probably I would like to see how many uh if anyone else has played more games than than Mo Dabre without playing a league game he must have played close to 10 you know but there we go anyway th- this this first half was was described by some Swindon fans as our best half of the season. Uh, I'm not sure I agree. I think the second half against Crawley was pretty damn good in that first half at Wrexham. Yes. Uh, yeah. 4-1. But all we all we see, for, especially for those who, who attend the home games and have probably forgotten the nine-game <laughs> the nine game unbeaten run at the start of the season, just the pure comfort of it all was just so lovely. Yeah, it, it, ex- exactly. Um, the, the, the sort of first, the best first half in... The best first half in recent memory, I suppose, is best. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it tops sort of you know um, shredding Crawley and having a great having a great time at, at Wrexham. But um, the mo- the most relaxing half of the season, um, could we go that far? Probably not. Not necessarily, but that that degree of, that degree of of comfort after after all the chaos we've had is not to be underestimated. I think. 
I think there's probably an argument that the second half was just as relaxing, just without the the satisfaction and, and joy of, of scoring a goal. The game seemed to meander to the satisfying conclusion that it reached. Just no major peril or suggestion that time we're going to balls this one up. Jake Young came on at halftime, looked <laughs> he looked almost too lively in the opening minutes where he looked like a <laughs> just ferreting around just trying to get the ball and then he slowed down. He had an effort nearer to the end of the game. Um, but that was that was as angsty as Jake Young looked really, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that that was about about as much as much sort of um you know, kind of down to service. But yeah, there was there was certainly, there was certainly a sort of hunger to actually go out and play and and go out and impress. Maybe maybe he realised it's like oh, I'm going to be at Bradford for the rest of the season, so I've got to uh, I've got I've got to do got to do my best to try and uh, take this lot on my back really and see if I can do something. Um, just a, a side 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 the 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 young shot. I thought it's I think from the sort of stand we're in, it's a better save from Bycroft than it looks on the on the video because it is it's definitely it is sort of definitely heading in towards the bottom corner and he's got to get down quite quickly just to get a, an arm to it and and tip it away and um I'm I'm always fascinated by cuz cuz we're in the stand opposite to the TV camera just how different things look from that different angle compared to compared to what it's like when you you see in the flesh but that's um that's a, a tangent I'm afraid not at all uh, that was with about 10 minutes to go I'm on my view is very similar to the camera and live it looks like wow good lad and when I looked at it again I was like well it is quite close to him but just to get your body down that low was impressive I must say and we've seen those goals well we've seen those efforts go in and 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 a clean sheet psychologically for Swindon is is huge because was it October the last time yeah home yeah home to Newport was the the last the last one, so yeah, and I, th- I think a like clean sheet for Bycroft, and a sort of moment for Bycroft really, because although because he, he didn't really have that much to do against Crew, even though he conceded the two goals, there wasn't there wasn't particularly a lot he could do about the two goals, and Crew didn't really sort of force a lot of kind of saves out of him either. So so the fact he gets that, I think he gets that sort of good moment, that good moment as well as you know. Um, he sort of dealt with the the couple of corners really in his sort of six yard box and got decent punches on those. But I think I think that's I think that's nice for him along with going everything else. And it, it's impossible not to root for Bycroft because he seems a lovely chap and he's and the one of our own factor as it well. So I, I, you know I'm particularly enthused to, to see him do well. Depending on what publication you read, he's one of our own. <laughs> well, I, I like to think the photo of him on the county ground trumps anything that Southampton care, dare dare to put out personally. Yeah. Well, he's got to make up for uh, trespassing in twenty in twenty twelve now, and he's doing a fine job at it. Uh, not really that much to talk about. Um, a few comments that were sent my way suggesting that it wasn't one of the best officiating performances, and that was consistent for both teams. Um, I can't say I was too outraged. Probably helps. Just like everyone has been bending over backwards to go, well, it doesn't matter, but that should have been a penalty. There were two big calls for Swindon, one on Paul Glatzel at the far post and another one on Tyree Shade. I must say, I thought the Glatzel one was Stonewall. Not too sure about the Shade one, but I haven't analysed that in as much detail as the, the Glatzel one because I, I was kind of obscured by it in, in real time. And, I, mm. I, you know, you kind of just, I was kind of just had my head down ready to stand up to celebrate because 
you saw where the ball was going. I saw where Paul Glatzel was. So here we go. But no, he was kind of clipped just as he was about to do the business. And Shade's one, Shade was a bit Bambi on ice when he came on. I thought Gunning was very kind to Tyree Shade. And I'm a big defender of Tyree Shade. It feels like Tyree Shade has needed a bit of kindness from someone at yeah. some point this season. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What, what did you think? I think I think the Glatzel one's a penalty. Shade, again, didn't. it would have been soft, but I want, I want 5-0. Frankly. Yeah, yeah, reasonable. No, no, I, th- I think I think the Glatzel one seems seems pretty clear. Um, I think it was unfortunate that the the assistant was on the opposite opposite side from that. But as you say, it it looks like all the world, you know, ball the ball ball is coming in. Austin's like done really well to sort of flick the header across goal. Glatzel's clearly figured out what's gonna what's gonna happen, and the only the only thing that can logically possibly stop him. Getting getting onto the ball and scoring there is being impeded. So I, th- I think that I think that's a pretty clear penalty that's been been missed personally. I and I try not to have especially sort of strong views about officiating the the shade one. I'm I'm more I'm more relaxed about. I think I think that's you know, I I think you can not give that and everyone can um, everyone can get on get on get on with their lives quite happily. This was our first chance to see Pharrell Johnson. Gunning postgame was quick to highlight that there's still plenty of work to be done, but he's a specimen of a human being, uh, which is reassuring. Although I think specimen is a derogatory these days, but you know, there we go. I'm I'm not down enough with the kids to be able to (laughs) confirm or deny that, I'm afraid. I'm trying, Andrew. I really am. (laughs) And then we got 30 minutes for Anton Dvorak too. And this 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 sort of part of it seemed like it was a bit of a nudge to Michael Flynn because when under Michael Flynn, if you see Anton Dvorak on the bench, along with several others, mostly under 18s, you know they're going to be warming up for 90 minutes and you don't see them. The fact that he utilised Dvorak for over half an hour, the fact that he used five substitutes, I know it's a stronger bench than what Flynn had, especially near to the end. Just And he did also say, you've got to use your subs and he said you know you can get lost in the game like a fan gunning post game but that did feel like a little bit of a we're not going to do things the same as Michael Flynn now yeah no I, I think that's fair no no there was there was a bit some Dorset Dorset's a kind of in, an interesting case really because when the um you know the, the youth system is obviously in a, a sort of happy place with how the, the youth cup's going and how the um you know and, and the, the potential they think of the, the players there even if even if you know they're not necessarily ready for the the step up to to the the delights of facing the the Bradford Super Hulks, um, in a but for a, for a couple of years it was like we think Dwarzak's the one who's got a good chance, you know, out of, out of all the the sort of products, all the sort of products they've had, and he's he's now in his first year of pro, and you're sort of waiting for him to to break through, and he, and Scott Lindsay sort of brought him on at Barrow last season for his league debut, you know, when Swindon are one 0 up with ten minutes to go, and it's chucking down a gale, and it's not. It's not an easy place to come on. So there has been a bit of faith around him in, at the place. So perhaps, you know, perhaps Gavin Gunning sort of taken as much of that on board. I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating entirely, but they've, they've always been hopeful. There's a there's a player in there. So to see him get get that significant involvement and do okay, there's a there's a sort of nice pass I think where he helps set up set up one of the, the Swindon chances in the second half. Clips it to Glatzel. Glatzel heads it down and Austin Austin shoots wide. So there were there were some there were some good things in there and. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, there's the the player to be unlocked there that they've been they've been sort of quietly hopeful on for a while. I think. 
I think our weakest part of the pitch was Williams Cocolo and then Johnson coming on, not because Johnson was particularly bad, but Johnson really has not played much senior football at all. And Cocolo's playing in a position possibly not he, he was re- he was very reluctant going forward and then he got booked just before the uh the, the first half ended and that kind of sort of took him out a little bit and he only lasted about 10 minutes into the second but it's just good that they're willing to to take a look because there's only one way you can assess Frau Johnson and that's by playing him in, in senior football so to have that two goal lead to have that level of comfort in a game so he could play 35-40 minutes was really sensible by Gunning in my opinion yeah no I, th- I think so and especially especially as you said with Kikolo on a, a booking it's a bit of a you know a not not particularly having a, an impact on the game it it's quite reasonable isn't it and and like you say there's there's the lack of um the lack of Bradford sort of um, dread dread factor, uh, I think. So yeah, no, no, he kind of settled, and you, you can see he's big. I, I did wonder whether they were going to put him in the centre and and put Blake Tracy out left, but it, it would have it probably on reflection was uh, absolutely the right decision to keep those two together because they've been doing so well and let sort of Johnson settle in and in left back where perhaps if he if he does make a, a mistake it's not it's not so costly and he, he did fine and you can and you can see that he is the um, uh, I won't say specimen now. I'll say unit. Can you say unit as described? Hey, yeah, that, I don't think that can be deemed offensive at all. And then there we have it. Swindon Town 2, Bradford City nil. Q status quo. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, in, indeed, indeed. And just, yeah, just a just a relief, I think. It was just just a relief that, you know, um, in the, I think some of us in our darker moments have still been looking over our shoulders a little bit at the the bottom two and you know the indi- the indication that is if if they if they carry on performing like that there will be enough wins picked up so we can all we can all just kind of you know um, put that down and and what watch the bottom end of the table with um with morbid fascination as to what happens with, to forest green rather than thinking oh, are we going to be here and wait wait to see how long grant mccann's got because it can't be much longer oh gosh doncaster rovers look like they are the team if one of those bottom two do that annual we look gone uh, you know, and then they, they suddenly have a superb run in, and it's Doncaster Rovers that that look most prone. Maybe Grimsby as well. But oof. let's talk about post match comments then. So Gavin Gunning talking to yourself on BBC Radio Wiltshire said it was bit of one of them games it's tough and there's never going to be a lot of possession he was not a fan of Bradford's tactics the very route one you can't dominate because they get bodies behind the ball and it's just manic the boys did so well to deal with that and showed their quality it's important to make changes uh, from 1 to 11 no 1 to 18 they all showed fantastic application they did their job nobody sulked I'm very happy, but it's just the start. There's a lot to be done. The composure from FBT against one of the best forwards in the league was really good. They struggled to manoeuvre against Charlie. Glatzel is a talent. Glatzel and Shade should have had penalties in the second half. Shade was fantastic when he came on. A few comments that I received suggest otherwise. But this is not the Gavin Gunning show. Uh, and then he kind of ends his interview with you a little hostile. He's very hard to read, is Gavin Gunning, especially when he was being asked on the transfer front. He was getting a little bit worried at one stage when he was talking about, well, players get injured. You know, it's one of those things. Um, but them lads, they're quality players. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we were say, like we were saying earlier, there's a conscious effort to recognise all that, all that sort of everyone did 
every time everyone did well, you know, Nate, Name name check for everyone. Yeah, he's not um he's not a conventional interviewee, I suppose. Um, the the other the other thing is if you if you sort of listen to him rather than than see him, um he's he's a bit more um he's charismatic quite rather. He has more presence, I would think, than a sort of the slightly sort of softly spoken Irishman who gets. So there there is there is that kind of um that sort of presence around him. It's it's a bit sort of it's not quite. I wouldn't call it sort of out and out charisma, as it were. But you know, he, he carries himself. He does. He does have something. It's one of those things that's hard to describe, but very easy to appreciate when you're in a room with someone. Do you, do you know what I mean? And um, you know, he's kind of he's sort of he's going to do the interviews his own way. Um, I think you know our, our sort of pre-match conversation on Friday was fa- it was fairly. Um, what, again, what's the word? It you know. Um, I was sort of pushing forward that, you know, things are, I was kind of pushing on that line that, you know, things are quite difficult. You don't have a lot of players. Your predecessor hasn't a lot of players. More players have gone out. So we, we were kind of talking a lot about that. So um, if he wants to to come back and say, look, actually, the player, actually in a roundabout way, I think the players are fine. And I'm not quite sure what you're worried about. Um, then they've produced a performance to do that. And that's, that's fine. It's all, it's all, it's all part of the rough and tumble as it, as it were. And, and, well, as long as it doesn't get personal on either side, and it certainly doesn't from me, um, and it doesn't from him either, then then that's all good. And if it entertains people, even better. Yeah, yeah, it, it did feel a little like Gunning sees you as as a, as a negative Nelly. Maybe I, I I didn't hear that right, but it, it it did feel a little bit. Well, what did you think? Yeah, and um, that's I I think in the the sort of lexicon of managerial interview tactics to throw it back to to the reporter is a fairly it's a fairly sort of well tried one so and <laughs> and ultimate, ultimately to be vaguely serious um the the point of it really is to find out what they think because their opinion matter far more than i do um on lots of levels not least because they pick the actual team so so you know um no one really needs any more of me at that point they they need more gunning that's what yeah. i say we need more Andrew Hawes on this podcast. But yes, in that environment, absolutely agree. The listeners, a combination, well, the mass, the mass majority uh, were, well, we were given cautious optimism after that game. Um, a win doesn't change off the field concerns, can only beat what's in front of you. But Bradford City were garbage. A clean sheet, hooray. A great team performance. A stress-free afternoon was very nice. Positivity is nice. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a good summary, isn't it? I think um, in you know, enjoy enjoy the enjoy the enjoy the weekend and worry about reality on Monday. Indeed, I guess. Indeed. Well, when's that fans forum? Is it not? It's not Tuesday, is it? I think. I think it is Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday nights at the moment for Swindon Town are not good nights. <laughs> so it's hopefully um, nothing too crazy from that. Man of the match was nice to see a mixed spread of nominations. This week we had uh, plenty of love for Fraser Blake Tracy, Dawson Devoy, Conor McCarthy, Charlie Austin, Pal Glatzel. Uh, the sponsors gave it to Dawson Devoy. The listeners, by an tiny margin, gave it to Conor McCarthy. I agree with neither. I'm a Pal Glatzel man on this. I thought he was everywhere. I thought he attacked brilliantly. I think he looks like a real prospect. Um, I I hate to bring sort of happy unanimity and lovely flowers and good and good vibes, but possibly the podcast is overdue some. I don't know. Um, but I'm I think I'm I think I'm with you on 
on Glatzel because he he was involved in a lot of the the key moments. There are some bits in the the second half where he's on sort of your side of the pitch, as it were, rather than mine. Where there's it looks like there's some fantastic pieces of one touch play and skill that you don't you don't often see. So you know you sort of looked him in the the kind of go at the sort of first first game at Crew and a little bits of the start way or you're waiting to see exactly quite what it was that got Liverpool so excited about. And then I think suddenly in that, suddenly in that second half, you saw, you saw the bit of kind of swagger and a bit of strategy. It's like, I've got, you know, I've got my defender here. I can, I can do what I want and I will, I will show them that I can do what I want. So, um, but not, not in a sort of, not in a kind of showboating way, in a, a very skillful, but also effective way that kind of got the, got the play forward. So I, I really enjoyed his performance. So I would I would side with you on Man of the Match. Fantastic. Always good to hear. But what I want to say for both Glatzel and McCarthy in terms of their performances that really impressed me is how effortless it was. It didn't I think this this season with especially our centre backs you see the effort, you know, you see that they're trying so hard and maybe that creates errors. But with McCarthy, it just seemed like a normal day in the office. Yeah, no, that that's a, a, a lovely a lovely way of describing it. it. In a way, it's a bit difficult to pick him for man of the match because he didn't he didn't look like he really had to do anything. Yeah. If you if if you see what I mean. Um which obviously is is not true and obviously he had to do a great deal and he did a if you think back about it, he did a really good job of you know making sure he was dealing with Andy Cook and and just sort of you know t- tidying uh, tidying up and getting the ball forward and and all the rest of it. But almost that that kind of calmness and unhurriedness of it all doesn't make it look a good performance as perhaps it it possibly was. But I'm still sticking with Glatzel, having said that. Yeah, me too, me too. But more of that, please, from all parties. And and there we pretty much have it for, for this episode. So what are the hopes and dreams for you, Andrew, for the week ahead? Let's go for the super optimistic version, first of all. Um, uh, we see some new... Not only do we see some new players come in, but we see new players come in on 18-month deals with an indication there is some idea of a longer-term plan and structure for the future, I'm not. I'm not saying there's any indication of that either way. I'm saying if you uh, if you give me a wish list, um, let's see if we can actually think about how um, there's some upward momentum generated for the 2024-25 uh, season, as it were, from whatever happens in the end of that one. So if you if you're going to give me a a um, you know something unexpected, I like to happen. It probably it probably works on that, especially. Um, more quality centre forwards, please, because uh, the three we've got did very well, but that's um, that's as many as we have. We've got to make sure that we're good for the rest of the season, and making sure if if we can bring X amount of players in, that we do so. Yes, yeah, definitely. I would like to see nobody leave, but again, it's all dependent on it's all dependent on who comes in, really, because I think lots of fans thought we needed four or five in late December before anyone left. And at the moment, we're just about even in terms of our squad size on outs and ins. So I, I just would like to have a little bit more depth. It was so nice to have a squad that, that was only one under 18, and that was the goalkeeper. That needs to be the case all season. And it, it can't be because if we have two injuries, we're back utilising the under 18s again. So um, just just to make us competitive, it's a great start from Gunning, but he's going to need the tools. 
Exactly, and you know we will we will forever have the debate, I guess, about whether Mike Flynn had the tools and the and the luck with injuries and so on and so forth. But but yeah, you're you're still even though you're feeling a bit happier about your bench, you're still taking off Charlie Austin and replacing him with uh, Ricky Aguiar, which is just um, it's not like for like, is it? It is not right. Well, there we go, a win. Thank you, Andrew. That was lovely. Here's hoping we get more against Newport next week. Touch wood. <laughs> The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Frigid! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.